You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey y'all, it's Bridget here. We are honored to be powered by the women winemakers of Banshee and Ferrari Corona at the Food Network's New York City Wine and Food Festival. This is a star-studded four-day event showcasing the talents of world-renowned chefs, wine and spirit experts, and so much more at the Food Network New York City Wine and Food Festival. I had the honor and pleasure of chatting with the one and only Chef Ming Tsai. Chef Tsai is a James Beard and Emmy Award-winning chef, philanthropist, TV personality, and entrepreneur. He is a creator of award-winning restaurants, author of five cookbooks, and current host executive producer of PBS's TV's Simply Me. In 2022, Chef Sai became Iron Chef Sai as he joined the cast of five world-class chefs on the network series Iron Chef, Quest for an Iron Legend. Chef Sai is the foremost interpreter of Eats Meets West cooking. He has always been a believer that you are what you eat and that food is medicine. In 2020, Chef Sai founded Ming's Bings, a nationally recognized award-winning consumer packaged goods startup. Ming's Bings brings healthy, plant-based, gluten-free convenience to the frozen food aisle. Ming's Bings are now sold in over 2,000 retail stores. Now, Chef Sai shared with me his love for hospitality, his journey as a chef, and so much more. So grab yourself a Ming Spings and enjoy the show. Chef Ming, welcome to Served Up, the podcast. Thanks, Bridget. Happy to be here. I am so happy to have you on the show today. You know, can you tell our listeners what really inspired you to enter the culinary world? Wow. We have a couple hours? We do. Uh, no, it actually is, it's actually <laughs> one sentence. Um, I was, still am, and will always be hungry. That's why I'm a chef. I have never gone to bed once in my life hungry. When I was two and three years old, I'd be in the kitchen watching grandparents and parents cook. There's smoke, there's fire, there's sounds, there's smells, there's noise, there's all of that. I love that. And I was always there and I was very smart because I knew if you hung out in the kitchen, your parents and grandparents would give you scraps of food. So that's how I started getting interested in it. And at age 10, True story, I'm by myself at home. My parents are wherever, working or shopping. Couple shows up at our door in Dayton, Ohio. This is where I grew up. Doors aren't locked back then, right? This is a while ago. This is 48 years ago, honestly. And in Chinese, and the, the people that came to the door, I recognized. And anyone older, white, black, Chinese, no matter, were all uncle and aunt. So I'm like, oh, and I, so these are friends I knew from my parents. They're driving through Dayton to go to whatever. I'm like, please come in. And in Chinese culture, you don't say, how are you? You say, chulama which is, have you eaten? Because when you see a, someone on the streets, friends or family, it's an opportunity to eat. So they're like, oh, we're starving. I'm like, great, sit down, I'll make you fried rice, which is fine and dandy, but I never, 
made fried rice my entire life. I'm 10. But I've seen my parents do it. I was good with the cleaver because I sharpened knives with, with the cleaver with my grandfather. Every Chinese household has leftover rice. Of course, you have garlic, ginger, scallions, and eggs. Not just eggs then. Real eggs. Real eggs from chickens. It would have been Got just it. eggs, but I was 10. I make the fried rice. Honestly, that's about a 5 or 6 out of 10 in quality. I chickened out. I put too much oil because I didn't want the stick. I put too much soy sauce because I'm 10. And I feed them, feed them. And the thing I noticed was they smiled. And I'm like, wait a minute. You can make people happy through food? This is cool. This yeah. is what I'm going to do. Yeah, you're creating memories through food, right? You create everything through food. It's your smell that creates the memories. Your smell remembers everything. You remember your grandma's mothball coat more than the <laughs> side of the apple pie. Absolutely. Smell is everything. So take me from being 10 through when did you become a trained chef? Um, at age 11, I'm expecting. No, at age okay. 14, I had my first, or 13, my first professional job at my mom's restaurant. So it was a little easy interview process. But I was, the, I was the chef, I was the janitor, I was the dishwasher, I was the rice cooker boy. And my claim to fame, Monday through Friday at lunch, is I was the egg roll boy. I don't even know if that's PC to say <laughs> egg roll boy anymore. Probably not. I guess I'm Chinese. I can say it. I'm not self-appropriating myself. But I sold egg rolls, 100 egg rolls a day, on the square of Dayton, Ohio. Uh, and same thing. For a dollar, you can make people happy. And so my first paycheck was 13 years old as a professional cook. I was not the head chef. My mom was the head chef. But I got the restaurant bug. So now, besides the fried rice story, now is that you can make people happy through food with the good, good service, a nice smile. You can build loyalty. Then they come back. And I love that, that people would come back once sure, a week. I'm like, oh, my sure. God. So that's called the restaurant bug. It's a true hospitality position that I've always wanted to be in. I've always wanted to serve. How can, you, how can I make your life better through my food? So, you know, um, how do you then go from Dayton, Ohio to where you are today? Uh, Pan Am was, Pan the, Am? was the, the airline. TWA maybe? Yes, TWA yes. and Piedmont. Yes. Piedmont Airlines nonstop Dayton to Boston. So I went to uh, Andover because my brother was at Andover, Phillips Academy in, in Boston, which is how I fell in love with Boston, which is why I'm a Celtics and Bruins fan because of since I was that young, 15 years old. Um, and... Uh, Andover had horrible food back then. Their food is really good now, actually. But back then, it was, I remember frozen crispy fish, sort of crispy fish fillet on a Tuesday. And then on a Wednesday, the exact same thing with a piece of cheese melted on top. I'm like, that's the same fish as yesterday. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Do you want it? I'm like, yes, I want it. I'm hungry. Anyway, um, normal school, normal good Chinese son brain power, meaning I had to be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer, okay. right? Those are my rules for my parents. They had three rules, actually. We'd love you to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, get any grades you want in high school and college, as long as they're straight A's, and marry anyone you want. We prefer Chinese. No pressure. So I'm 0 for 3. <laughs> my wife, Polly, is, you can't get more waspy than Polly Sai oh, or boy. Polly Talbot. <laughs> Polly Talbot was from Dayton, Ohio. Polly Talbot lived a par three across one road from me, and we never met there. You're kidding. Crazy. She, was, she, was, she went to nursery school with a bunch of friends she's still friends with. Crazy story. Anyway, I'm at Andover. I end up going to Yale. I'm studying mechanical engineering because I'm that good Chinese son to be a mm -hmm. mechanical engineer. But then every summer I started going to Paris. I had French. Uh, I had high school French, right? So it was like, ça va. I'm like, okay, I got to get better in French if I want to cook in France. So I went to Alliance Francaise 
the freshman year summer, I started doing apprenticeships. I want to learn how to make a baguette and croissants because those are things they don't have in China or Chinese cuisine. I went back four summers in a row. It was a junior year summer. I went to Cordon Bleu. Then at Cordon Bleu, I'm like, damn, the French can cook too, right? Because I didn't really know. And the techniques were, you know, markedly the same in savory. Instead of a wok, it's a saute pan. But the same action of adding fat and searing, it's all the same. Different sauces, of course, butters and creams in French and soy sauce and sesame oil in Chinese. But that was all almost the same motions. I mean, dicing a bell pepper, it's the same in China and France, right? There's no difference. Sure. Pastries and desserts, however, markedly different, right? I really want to learn. I mean, to make my first creme brulee, my first creme anglaise, that then you can put in a machine to make ice cream? I didn't know that. It was amazing. So, so that's what put me on the path like, okay, I really want to be a chef. I, I go back before my senior year. I sat my parents down. They knew I liked cooking. They knew I was in Paris. They knew I was a chef. They knew I loved doing it. They knew I was pretty good at it. Um, and I should preface it with my dad is at 93 Works full time. Was one of the foremost designer of graphite materials in the world today. He worked with NASA and Airbus and Ferrari and Callaway. He works full time. He's a rocket scientist, literally. Wow. So my dad's literally a rocket scientist. So I sit them down and says, "Guys, look, I want to be a chef. I don't want to be a mechanical engineer. But because you spent lots of money here at Yale, I'm going to finish my degree and get that piece of paper. But I want to move to Paris and be a chef a week after I graduate." How did that go over, chef? So my mom stands up, gives me a huge hug. Have you ever seen her on my show? She's like, son, you're so lucky. At your young age, you already know your passion. Promise to give 110%. Go do it. We love it. Which is, keep in mind, both my parents were born in Beijing. So I'm first generation Chinese. Chinese emigrated here to first build railroads. Then the Chinese men had the gold rush. Then the Chinese men did not go back to China and could not speak English. So that's how Chinatown San Francisco was created because they could cook and they could wash. So literally laundromats and Chinese restaurants were the two metiers that Chinese immigrants, hundreds of thousands started with. I go to Andover and I go to Yale and I want to cook. So it's really ass backwards as they say in Chinese and in English. Uh, but thank God, my, both my parents were very cool. They were both educated in the US. My mom went to NYU. My dad went to Yale. My grandfather went to Yale, so that's why I had to go to Yale, obviously. And so they understood that happiness of your children and passion is more important than the stringent rules that have been around for a thousand years. So I, I look at my dad, the rocket scientist, and he looks at me deadpan and says, son, you aren't going to be a very good engineer anyway. Go cook. That's wonderful. <laughs> I love like, it. But he's so right. If you don't love something, you're never going to be great at it. And now my life's gone full circle. Uh, I, since COVID, I've not done it. But I was on HSN for six years. And I got to use my mechanical engineering degree and develop air fryers, cookers, induction walks uh, using centrifugal force, PV equals NRT, which is the equation, pressure, volume, temperature. That's all cooking. So I actually get to use the major. Didn't know I was going to be able to use it. But cooking is science, sure. right? It's, it's black. You burned it. Mm-hmm. That's science. That's not anything else, right? It's so, yeah. especially pastries. I mean, and then with this molecular gastronomy, which ironically I didn't get deep into. Not that I don't like it. I love eating it. I mean, Grand Aquas and Jose Andres and, you know, Fran Adria. That's incredible meals. Nothing I could ever do. It's just so much work came to that peanut that exploded in your mouth. Yes, it tastes yes. like seven jars of Jiffy peanut butter. Uh, it's an amazing thing to do. I, I guess I'm more of a traditionalist. I just want to stick, in my opinion, two best cuisines in the world are Chinese and French, the two oldest cuisines, and that's, that's what I do, east-west. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so then how did you wind up being an iron chef? 
Oh, that's a great question. I've done a bunch of competitions, right? I did Next Iron Chef a long time ago. Um, you know, they, they approached all of us Iron Chefs, and we had, you know, we had to go through a process and just, honestly, they, they, they really, I, I love what Netflix did, Eitan, who's the head producer. They wanted to get a group of chefs kind of like the UN. They wanted to get a great demo of people that were not the 20 and 25-year-old young guns that are great chefs and some of them are better than me and will always be better than me, but people that have been around that really focused on a style of food. So you can imagine, Dominique Crenn, French, Gabrielle Camara, Mexican. Right. You know, Marcus is both Swedish and, and African, right? Because he, right, he right. does both really well. Curtis, of course, as my wife says, I could look at him all day. Thank you, honey. Um, doesn't really help our relationship at all. Um, he's, he's more the Californian, if you would, but he also has all of his Australian roots, so the Outback cooking, the big steaks and stuff like that. And, of course, I, I'm Asian, right? And I, I trained in Osaka, Japan as well. Uh, Japanese food is Japanese food is the reason I'm not vegan because I couldn't imagine a life without sushi, right? It's just yeah. so good. And I actually can't imagine a life without some of the great, you know, like, tea smoke peaking duck. So do I meet meat sometimes? Of course I do. But at home, 80% plant-based. Well, and I guess that brings us, you know, to um, just eggs and Ming's beans. Tell me about that, it. Uh, today's a huge day. Today, today is, is day. World Tell Egg Day, it, right? October 14th, World Egg Day. It's huge news because just eggs and Ming's beans partnered for the first time today. And we got to feed breakfast Ming's beans to 2,000 people, and they're the first 2,000 people ever to try Ming's Bangs. So that I was a great just, moment. I can tell you that I was in line, I waited in line, and I had, I had one, and it is fantastic. Thank you. Amazing. I love it. I mean, look, it's like everything I've ever done in my life when I make a dumpling. Ming's Bangs have a great gluten-free brown rice wrapper, so that's one of the kind of differentiating factors, but it's all about the quality of the filling. It's all about the taste and the texture of the filling. So thank God we have just eggs because bar none, and I've tried, I don't know, at least 20 different plant-based eggs, right? And they've been around. You, back in the day, it was powdered eggs, all these things, right? Some of them had real eggs. Bar none, the best texture, like scrambled eggs, the best flavor, right? It's, it's, right? It has the turmeric, it has spices. But texture is everything. But the texture is not right. It doesn't work. Yeah. But then it has to taste right. And turmeric, of course, is an antioxidant, anti, anti-swelling. It's a fantastic spice. All the other spices. But the power of mung bean. So mung beans is like a super bean, right? Soybean, mung bean, right? But mung beans, I grew up eating, right? It's, there's a mung bean noodle that we eat a ton in Chinese, both in stir fries and in soups. And, uh, and, of course, I don't have the secret formula how they do it, but they use the power of mung bean. So I, I like to call them mung bean powered eggs. They're delicious. So starting with that as the focus for our breakfast bings, then we just made a breakfast sandwich. So I put potatoes and I put uh, a cheddar cheese made from BioLife. Also, I think best in class. They use coconut milk, a real cheese process, but they use coconut milk instead of cow's milk. So to keep it vegan, but it melts like real cheddar cheese. It has yes. that little mommy flavor of cheddar cheese. Potatoes you have to have because it's a breakfast, right? You eat breakfast potatoes in it. And, and I love them because you can eat them with your hands. I love them because you, it's truly a fast food item, meaning you can drive a car while still eating them, right? 16 or 14 minutes in an air fryer, 20 in the oven, 
you take your shower, you make your cup of coffee, you real, do your meditation, whatever. You put your bangs, you know, I, I put them in a little paper towel and foil, and I drive my car. And I, I am absolutely tickled pink. I mean, the partnership came at the speed of business, which is the way I love to work. Right? This has not been a three-year courting of back really? and forth. This was like, hey, I love your product. Hey, let's start. Hey, can I do this? Hey, you know, I do Instagram. Hey, you guys do Instagram. It's just one of those things you're like, and literally what sealed the deal, honestly, is we sent them some things. I said, send us some new chest eggs. I'll make it. I'll send you what we're going to do with sure. them. And taste matters. Yeah. Right. And they're matter. like, and they're like, wow, these taste really good. And it's filled with chest eggs. So, so that's how it really started. And, and, it, and it's very organic. I mean, I can't tell you where this relationship is going a year from now, but it doesn't really matter because we're going to sell a truckload of breakfast Ming's Bing's because of Jess X. And that's just a great place to be. I mean, they are, you know, they are like a hundredfold where we are right now in company size. Um, and they've been at it a lot longer, 10 years. Jess X has been around 10 wow. years. We've been around two years. That gives me eight years to get to Jess X size. That's I think doable. you're going to get there. As long as Jess X stays a partner with us, absolutely. Well, what I thought was so wonderful today when I tried my first Ming's Bing was that it tastes like it's just like fresh out of the oven. Like, you yep. know, a lot of times when you cook something quickly, or you buy something in grocery store that's already pre-packaged. It doesn't have that beautiful, fresh flavor. Right. Yeah. And you oh, achieve important. that. And I don't know if this is true, but a lot of medical doctors say that breakfast is the most important meal. I don't know if that's true because I guess I've always done this, whatever it's called. What's it called? Fasting when you don't eat till noon? I didn't yes. even know. Was, yes. Yeah. I didn't even know I was doing fasting. that. Fasting. Yeah. I just drank three cups of coffee, then a green tea, and then it was noon. So I, it was not intermittent in my mm-hmm. head. It was just I was busy. Um, but it is true. I have much more energy when I eat a good breakfast, right? And quite often, it's before Ming's Bing's, do I every morning go and make a breakfast sandwich? No, because it's kind of a pain, right? And uh, so now it's, I have something that I can actually eat very conveniently. So maybe selfishly, I created breakfast Ming's Bing's because <laughs> I do eat a lot of them. I definitely eat a lot of them. Well, I know in my house, you know, we love to have breakfast for dinner as well. Right. Especially when it's something that you can do very easily because we're all on the go. Right. And I think that this is something really fun to throw into that mix yeah. for our family menu. And, and if I may add, I mean, one of the things I love about Ming's Bings, and, and Jess Egg also has a very similar mission, right? Their mission, Jess Egg, is, is to help save the planet, right? 80, 83% less land is used, Jess Eggs. 98% less water is used. And 93% less carbon footprint. So 83, 93, 98. Those are a huge number. 98% less water? That's huge. amazing. It's huge. Right? And you're not sacrificing taste, which is the one reason that this is so good. Right? If you're like, oh, this is 80% as good as it, yeah, then, then my bing will be 80% as good. I don't want 80% as good. I want something that someone's going to eat regardless if they're vegan or not. They just like it. It tastes good. It's zero cholesterol. It's about half the fat, half the calories half the sodium of a regular sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich. Maybe once or twice a week we eat that. Maybe once or twice we eat a cheeseburger bing instead of a double-double in and out. You don't have to go vegan, but you will live longer if you do more plant-based and actually walk a couple miles a day, too. I think Michelle Obama had it right. You got to move. I agree. You have to move. You have to move. Um, but you are what you eat, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, our motto is eat good, feel good, do good. Eat good because, well, as an Iron Chef, it has to taste good. If it's not delicious, start over. Right, because it doesn't matter if it's good. None of nothing matters if it's not delicious. Nothing matters. So it has to eat good, feel good because you do feel better eating plant based. Right, everyone knows that. If you eat more broccoli or whatever when you're a kid, you feel better eating plant based. But you also, if you have a brain, which at least half the country does, 
you feel good because it's better for the environment. Little less meat consumption, that's less carbon, that's less water, that's less everything, better for the planet. Hopefully, my kids will have kids, they'll have kids and have kids, and they'll still be a world, right? Uh, and then do good. Some proceeds of all sale Ming's Bing's benefit, Dana-Farber, which is the awesome cancer research hospital that saved my wife's life, which is the whole creation of Ming's Bing's, and I can tell you that story if you like. I bother to say my CEO's life as well, Dana Farber, and another great charity, Family Reach. Family Reach is something I'm so proud of. I've been with them 12 years. I'm the president of their national advisory board. We financially help families that are dealing with cancer. The number one cause of personal bankruptcy in this country today still is a cancer diagnosis, yeah. which people don't realize. If you're in the 1%, 2%, you have a cancer diagnosis. The last thing, and I was in it, right? And this is part of the story I'll tell you. I was in it. The last thing on my mind is I'm going to lose my home and my cars. That's such a common occurrence for middle America that the average household income is $55,000. And if there's a cancer diagnosis, if it's a child, that's the worst thing possible in my opinion because it's your child. Someone quits working, usually the mom, the more nurturing. So now your income's been halved. So you each could have made 100K, but now you're only making 100K for that household. So even your nice house has a mortgage and a car payment. You can go bankrupt even though if you went to Harvard. It doesn't matter. Cancer can bankrupt you. So Family Reach has been around for 25 years. I proudly have raised $10.4 million for them over 12 years through food, through Cooking Live. And, and, and I liken that to what Jess Eggs is. Jess Eggs has the same cause. They want to help save the world. That's an almighty cause. It is. But not doing it with something that doesn't taste as good. We're doing something that tastes just as good, if not even better. And... A true success of a company, yes, you go public, yes, everyone makes the ROI, all that. A true success of a company is what mark are they leaving on this planet? Do I want to make a lot of money from Ming's Bing? Sure, that would be great. So does my team. But every single day, we know we're doing it for a higher cause than just the ROI, right? And Jess X is the same thing. It's a, it's a real mission. Yeah, thank you for doing that. Congratulations. It's really amazing stuff. Can we take it back for just a minute? Because you said you would share the story about your wife. Sure. And can you tell me, you know, how her life was saved and yep. what that looked like for you? Because I can tell, I wish that our listeners could really to see the passion and you're so charismatic in person, folks. <laughs> So if you it's all just, an act. It's all no, pretend. No. I don't think so. It's so not. if you could so, just share so quickly. The story you know, of just... the creation of Ming's Bakes. Yes. It it's, it's actually goes back five years. So five years, this story, I'll tell everyone, this story ends up happy. So know that. It does not start happy. Five years ago, my wife has a stage four lung cancer diagnosis. Out of the blue. She doesn't smoke. Crazy. They should give, terrorists, they, they, they should give cancer to terrorists and pedophiles and evil people. They shouldn't give it to good people. But cancer doesn't discriminate. Unfortunately, it would be really nice to get rid of all of them. The two things that happened, thank God we're in Boston, is Dana-Farber is one of the best cancer research hospitals in the world. We go there immediately. I asked for my favorite back because I've cooked for every hospital in Boston for 20 years. So I called the CEO, having done favors for them, said, I need a favor. I need your best doctor. And they gave us the best, Dr. Barbie. David Barbie created the drug, was on the team that created Tegriso, which was the oral pill my wife got to take. Amazing. That wiped her cancer out. Amazing. Right? So that was step one. Step two was we decided she should go vegan. And reason being from just all the research that we've done, she was already a pescatarian. She like ate sushi, like I said. But we, we cook at home mostly plants anyway. So it was not a big step for her. Um, why? You needed to reduce inflammation. Cancer, you don't want to sell gluten. All proteins, salmon, 
beef, pork, chicken, they all have inflammation, right? If you ever watch Game Changers, it's a fantastic documentary. It's super. I actually got to meet the, the creator of Game Changers, this Indian couple, amazing people. Um, so eliminate proteins, go vegan, and, and dairy is inflammatory as well. Um, but the challenge was pre-COVID, I was traveling a lot as I am again, is I went to the grocery store. I'm like, okay, what can my wife eat that I can buy frozen that she can eat while I'm not here? Because I cook for her when I'm home, easy. But I'm not home, what can she eat that's healthy, that's delicious? Sure. And honestly, the frozen patty section, you know them all. Prager's, Prager, uh, uh, Boca, Gardein, they're all the same. They're all emulsified hockey pucks of pureed chickpeas or, or, chick, or uh, edamames or beans. They're dry. They need lettuce and tomato and mayonnaise. They need a bun. They're not very good. Right. right? And then you also have the new plant-based movement with Impossible and Beyond and Before the Butcher, who we use. Uh, but you still need to cook that. It doesn't matter if you can buy plant-based meat. You still got to know how to cook with it, right? And, but the patty market was like, okay, there must be a better way to make a veggie patty. So thank God I'm a chef. I figured, okay, let's flip the paradigm. Let's put the emulsification on the outside, develop a gluten-free wrapper, which we did with brown rice and a bunch of other stuff, which I can't tell you, but a gluten-free wrapper. And then we just filled it with lusciousness. I, I, just like with just eggs, I did a blind tasting with all the plant-based proteins at the time. Impossible, Beyond, Before the Butcher, and probably eight different other ones. Blind tasted, Before the Butcher, hands down one. Their chorizo, their beef, their sausage was clearly the best. And they used GMO-free soybeans and had the cleanest label, which I didn't know at the time. I just wanted the best tasting. Sure. So then that's like, okay, boom. And now we're partnering with Danny O'Malley, who's the CEO of, of uh, Before the Butcher. Uh, cheese, same thing. Cheese, I was a little bit more limited because all the plant-based cheeses, 80% are made from nuts, cashew and almonds, and they're delicious. But I wanted to really, because I've done a lot with food allergies, I wanted to keep it tree nut and peanut free. Uh, and Violife is the one using coconut milk. They use a cheese process, but they use coconut milk instead of cow's milk. It's delicious. It melts. It has umami. It has that great saltiness yeah. you want in cheese. Um, and and that's, that's how we created Ming's Bing's. And, and I, I decided that, okay, let's fill with lusciousness, let's do a bing that she can cook. It has to be convenient, but business-wise, it has to be convenient for food service cooks at a Fenway Park, you know, at a Barclays, uh, at, at Vanderbilt or Wakefield or, you know, Milton, at all these accounts. It has to be easy to cook, and we figured that, as you just saw at the thing. It's a sheet tray. You don't do anything. You just put it in a sheet tray, 20 minutes, they're done, they're perfect. That's great for people that even if it's an 18-year-old, 20-year-old, untrained cook, they could still do that. Yeah. So we wanted to make it super easy to cook. And because if it's not convenient, if it takes 45 minutes, that's not going to work either. One of our goals is to reduce the cooking time to, from 16 minutes in air fryer to probably 10 or 12. So that's going to be the next iteration. And for us, it's, it's always a win-win. Because if someone, I love it when people eat a Ming's Bing's and they're like, they never would be vegan. They're not even a vegetarian. They don't even like that stuff. But half the time, even today, we don't tell them till they eat it. Then they say it's delicious. Like at Fenway, by the fifth inning, we're like, cheeseburger bings, sausage and pepper bings. They eat them. We then tell them afterwards. Sure. And they're like, I don't like plant-based. I'm like, dude, you just ate two. You actually yeah. do like plant-based. No, you plant actually base. love plant-based. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, dude, just twice a week do this, and the other times do your burgers. You'll live longer. Period. I was giving everyone guarantees I'll live forever with Ming's Bings. I'm not so sure Jess Eggs agrees with that. But well, that's you know, okay. not only does Ming's Bings have a great story, you know, it's absolutely delicious. And I just can't thank you enough for taking some time today to be on Served Up Chef. I hope that you come back on our show. 
I'd love to. You know, I would love to have you back. And in the meantime, I want to wish you just some great health and a lot of peace. Thank you. Thank you I so much. I appreciate that. Well, Cheers peace and good eating is my motto. And of course, eat good, feel good, do good. So thank you, Bridget. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers.